I am Alan Monroe with Monroe Farms in Friona, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas, agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. It's always good to be with you again for another edition of Texas Ag Today. Jump on in with me. Buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, spring planting progress is moving ahead at full speed. Yes, there are definitely some challenges in getting this crop in the ground, but farmers are making quick progress of getting their planting wrapped up this spring. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. The big boom for hemp many people once thought could happen in our state has yet to occur. I'm James Hunt and we'll look at the Texas High Plains hemp situation on Texas Ag Today. Farmers should have a plan, even a backup plan, during planting season to stay flexible to address any issue that comes their way. I'm Tom Nicoletti and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. The goals of Earth Day are actually being accomplished by farmers and ranchers with each meal. I'm Gary Joyner, and I'll explain how on Texas Ag Today. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Texas farmers continue to make quick progress getting the 2022 spring crop in the ground. The latest crop progress and condition report from USDA shows 64% of the corn crop now planted. That's a few points ahead of the 61% five-year average pace. Cotton planting also making good progress at 16% done. Rice planting now 73% complete in Texas, while sorghum planting is 57% complete. South Texas farmer Russell Baining says dry weather has definitely presented its challenges this year when it comes to getting the crop in the ground. Most of our corn is irrigated, so we've Good. planted that already, and it's up and going. Of course, we got the pivots running. Some of our grain sorghum is irrigated. It looks good as well. But dryland crops, uh, we're putting in. We're putting in dryland grain sorghum. We've actually put all the dryland grain sorghum in already. Pretty much just dusted it in and hope for a rain. And you know how the rest of it works. If it doesn't rain, I'll be calling the adjuster. Maining says both dry weather and increased costs are the top things on farmers' minds right now here in Texas. And speaking of increased costs, supply issues are causing farmers to think a bit differently this spring. Helena Agri-Enterprises agronomist Kevin Meeks says farmers in his area of West Texas should consider some old strategies when it comes to weed control this year. It's no secret that ag is, is the price is high, the supply might be short. 
So we need to go back, start layering residuals, start kind of that pre-roundup era, you know, go back on that. Uh, we can work with your supplier, your ag retailer. Uh, and what I've been telling guys is communication's key for not only ag chem, but fertilizer as well. Uh, yeah, because, you know, all those things have doubled since last year, so it, every bushel really does count. Meeks says producers should start with a good burn down, then continue to layer residuals to get through the season without relying on Roundup and other products that are in short supply. Farmland prices have taken a 20% jump in the past year. The strong land prices of late 2021 have continued into the first months of 2022. Farmers National Company reports that sales took another jump higher because of the war in Ukraine and ongoing inflation fears. Farmers saw higher commodity prices and investors wanted a low-risk inflation hedging investment causing farmland values to be 20% higher than a year ago. Three years ago, hemp was touted as a big possibility for Texas farmers. But James Hunt tells us hemp is still a very minor crop on the Texas High Plains. As we enter the third season of legal production in Texas, growing hemp has not turned out to be anywhere near the big deal many people once thought it would be. For our region specifically, Calvin Trossel, the state hemp specialist for Texas A&M AgriLife, says the number of growers has been small, and he expects that to remain true this season. As of 2021, the number of licensed growers in the entire Texas High Plains, so La Mesa to the Oklahoma Panhandle, the number of licensed growers was about 35, maybe 40. And of those, I'm guessing that probably about maybe almost half of them actually, they had a license, but they actually did not grow. And so it's a very small number, and I think that number will remain fairly small. If, if it increases, it will be by, you know, maybe a dozen or so. It, it will not be a large number. And for any would-be growers out there, Dr. Trossel urges caution, as succeeding with hemp hasn't been nearly as easy as many early enthusiasts expected. There were individuals in 2020, James, that were all gung-ho about, oh, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. I talked to a few farmers in Texas that were going to plant over a 1,000 acres, and they truly, I think, had no comprehension whatsoever what they were even talking about. One of those individuals was uh, gung-ho about planting 2,000 acres of hemp for grain on the Texas Gulf Coast planted 500 instead and lost all of it because of flooding and weed control. And so <laughs> that was an expensive way to learn. I mean, you could have learned the same thing on 10 acres or 50 acres rather than having planted 500. Dr. Trossel talks about the hemp market in our next report. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. With so much uncertainty right now, farmers are encouraged to have a plan, but remain flexible during this 2022 planting season. Tom Nicoletti has more. The spring of 2022 has certainly been very chaotic weather-wise across various regions of the state, and farmers have planted their crops in the southern part of the state. Uh, in the northern parts, uh, they're, they're about to start. Uh, some of them have finished uh, completely in the southern uh, regions. And to talk more about planting season, we go to Scott Stanislav. He is a technical agronomist with DeKalb, Asgro, and Delta Pine. And Scott, certainly the weather has uh, wreaked havoc for farmers uh, and others this spring. 
Absolutely. And so for the southern half of the state, as we conclude planting season here, as, as we're speaking, we've got a little bit of cotton left to go, but then we should be complete. We kind of started off, as most of the state, we're obviously dry. We've been well below normal on, on rainfall over the past few months. And so folks are having to search for moisture to try to get their crop established. You know, we actually probably started this year from the standpoint of planting the corn crop down here a little bit later than normal because of the cooler than an average weather that we typically have, which is also brought about some challenges getting some stands on some of these crops, specifically cotton. Yes, now cotton is still being planted uh, to some degree uh, there uh, in the southern part of the state. But as we move further northward, producers are just starting the plant or will be planting um, in the near future? With any farming operation, as you get into planting season, really having a plan is obviously of utmost importance. And as we saw it in the southern half of the state this year, the calendar told us that it was time to plant. But really, Mother Nature wasn't allowing that because of some of the temperatures and some of the moisture situations that we were in. So being flexible, don't just go off of that calendar. Make sure you have a backup plan. That is Scott Stanislav, technical agronomist for DeKalb Asgro Delta Pine in Corpus Christi. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The goals of Earth Day are being accomplished by Texas farmers and ranchers with every meal. Gary Joyner tells how. If Earth Day is about demonstrating support for environmental protection, count U.S. farmers and ranchers among those accomplishing the goal. America's growers are feeding more people while minimizing their greenhouse gas emissions and overall environmental footprint. It's a remarkable story of success. To feed a growing nation, the U.S. is producing 80% more pork, 48% more milk, and 18% more beef than 30 years ago. At the same time, farmers and ranchers have reduced greenhouse gas emissions to produce each of our meals by 24% since 1990. That's climate-smart technology and innovation. It's also a commitment to sustainable practices. There's still room for improvement, and we're seeing it in agriculture. Roughly 10% of U.S. greenhouse gas emissions come from agriculture, well below transportation, electricity, and industry. Each step of progress makes a difference. The future is bright. Let's join Texas farmers and ranchers in celebrating Earth Day and sustainability every day. I'm Gary Joyner for Texas Ag Today. It's time to find your fishing rod and tackle. The Texas Parks and Wildlife Department is now stocking catfish in lakes across the state. I'm Jessica Dommel, and I'll have details coming up on Texas Ag Today. And livestock dewormers can be toxic to dogs. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Wildfires swept across central and west Texas in March, burning over 86,000 acres. Fires devoured pasture land and farmland, as well as livestock, homes, barns, and equipment. The Texas Farm Bureau West Texas Wildfire Relief Fund is ready to help. Farmers and ranchers with unreimbursed agricultural losses are encouraged to apply for assistance. Monetary contributions to the fund are also being accepted. Go to TexasFarmBureau.org to learn more. That's TexasFarmBureau.org. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. 
Well, this is a story that hits close to home. Livestock dewormers can be toxic to dogs. I lost a beautiful German shepherd a few years ago because she just loved the taste of ivermectin. Dr. Bob Judd has more. Ivermectin is a commonly used product to deworm horses and other livestock. Ivermectin has also been on the news a lot over the last two years as some doctors believe this chemical has a positive effect on treating humans with COVID-19. Whether this is true or not is unknown, but we do know that lots of folks have purchased ivermectin from the feed stores, not for treatment of livestock, but for treatment of themselves. The concern about this from a dog standpoint is this means more people have ivermectin in their homes, which makes it more likely for pets to be exposed. Many dog breeds can ingest a significant amount of the drug and not be affected, but there are some breeds that are very sensitive to ivermectin, and only a small amount can be fatal. Collies are the most common breed affected as over 70% of collies have a gene mutation making it extremely likely that a collie may be affected by this dewormer. A concern this time of year is that 50% of the Australian Shepherd dogs are affected by this gene mutation. And Australian Shepherds are common on horse and livestock farms. In fact, many herding breed dogs are susceptible and these are the breeds commonly found on farms as working dogs. There are many other susceptible breeds of dogs, and some of them can be poisoned by simply licking the ground under the cattle chute, where the cattle have been dewormed, and only a small amount is required to be deadly in a susceptible breed. The gene mutation affects the MDR1 gene, so if you have ivermectin or similar chemicals around the home or farm, be sure and lock up the product so no pet exposure to the product can occur. I'm veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Fishing opportunities are available all over Texas this spring. Jessica Domel tells more about it in today's Wildlife Report. To improve fishing opportunities this spring, summer, and in the early fall, the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department is now stocking thousands of channel catfish in 18 neighborhood fishing lakes across the state. According to the department, catfish will be stocked into five lakes in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, four lakes in the Houston area, two lakes in the Austin area, one lake in San Angelo, one in Wichita Falls, two in the San Antonio area, one water body in the Amarillo area, and one each in College Station and Waco. The neighborhood fishing lakes, according to the department, are conveniently located so that Texans don't have to travel far to try their hand at fishing. The department notes that the areas selected for the stocking are clean, well-lit sites in city and county parks near picnic tables, parking, and restrooms. The department will stock channel catfish in the selected lakes every two weeks through the end of October to provide plenty of fishing opportunities to anglers of all ages. Anglers can catch up to five catfish of any size per day. Kids 16 and under may fish for free with a licensed adult. All adults must have a valid fishing license. Fishing licenses can be purchased for as little as $11 for a one-day all-water access pass. A tool to find a stocked water body near you and a way to sign up for email updates on the stocking is available on neighborhoodfishing.org. That is neighborhoodfishing.org. That website also has information on the fish that are stocked into the neighborhood lakes and tips on how to catch them. Again, that's neighborhoodfishing.org. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. 
Another higher day for the cattle market on Thursday, but cotton and grains headed lower. We'll check out all of the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. This is Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. I've spent the past 30 years covering Texas agriculture, so I know how stressful farming and ranching can be. Things like the economy, finances, and the weather increase our stress levels and can leave us feeling defeated. That's where the Texas Agra Stress Helpline comes in. Write this number down, area code 833-897-2474. That's 833-897-2474. Have you experienced problems like rising costs, market fluctuations, family conflicts, or extreme weather? Are you feeling stressed and defeated. It's okay to ask for help. Call the Texas Agri Stress Helpline. Here's the number again, 833-897-2474. Once again, 833-897-2474. If you cannot write it down right now, just remember you can go to farmlifehelp.com. That's farmlifehelp.com. Even the toughest people need help sometimes. Don't wait. Call today. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. Strength continues in the cattle futures market on Thursday. We ended up higher on both live and feeder cattle. April live cattle up a dollar two at one forty four ten. June up a dollar twenty seven one thirty nine ninety. While August live cattle up a dollar forty two one forty one fifty seven. April feeder cattle up ninety five cents one fifty eight forty five. May feeders up two thirty seven at one sixty four eighty five. August feeder cattle up 297, 176.45. Cash fed cattle market started early this week. Packers were in the market on Tuesday. They paid higher money as well. Here in the South, our cattle sold this week from 139 to 141, mostly at 140. That's a buck higher compared to last week. Up north, dressed cattle sold from 230 to 232. That's $4 higher compared to the previous week. Boxed beef prices mixed on Thursday. Choice was up 94 cents at 269. 76 select down 29 at 256 24 now let's check the auction barns we're walking the pens with larry marble Let's get started with a look at the sheep and goat sale and a preview of the cattle sale from producers in Cargill, San Angelo. Benny Cox is on the line. Benny, how about sheep and goats? You know, we got along pretty well. Over 3,000 child, what we had the week before, which certainly makes a difference. <clears throat> These wolf feeder lambs, we, we've had a, the same group has sent a number of those uh, really good <clears throat> new crop lambs, you know, type wool things the last three weeks in a row, and that thing's bounced around like a ball. Yesterday, it was to the plus. 20 to 30 bucks higher than it was last week with that over 10,000 head deal. You know, we sold 60 66 for a total yesterday. Slaughtered lambs this year, you know, hair sheep type. Most of them, they were kind of 20 to 30 higher. Slaughter ewes, they were 15 to 20 higher. Kid go mostly steady on those. Quality still.
still got you got to consider that the slaughter nannies they were pretty soft yesterday 120 up to 205 but mostly 168 to 190 and that's that's a little softer than it's my average has been all year i can tell you slaughter billy's kind of 170 to 235 most of those in good flesh will bring that two dollars or so some of those really thin kind and you know plainer things will be down there under that two dollars the spread on those wolf feeder lambs was 396 to 326 and they're all going to that the kill market i can tell you the slaughter lambs uh, the hair sheep type the light end of those were three dollars 354 heavier weights from 260 all the way up to 336 the slaughter ewes they sold from 90 to 144 now those quotes weren't a whole lot different last week but the high the the average on those things is a good deal better 112 to 136 on the kid goats they sell from 370 to 480 but mostly 395 to 445 now we've got a cattle sale what's it looking like we got a special cow sale slated for tomorrow we've got about 500 right now we're going to have you know some pairs some really good pairs of a bunch of those cows are going to kind of be middle-aged and a good many are going to be pregnancy tested tell everybody how to get a hold of you benny cox they call me on my mobile it's uh, 325-234-4277 the office is the same area code 653-3371 they can always look at the web which is producers and cargyle.com neighbor this is larry marble in san angelo reporting for texas ag today Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures market now. We're lean hogs. We're sharply lower Thursday. May hogs dropped a dollar sixty-two at one ten eighty-five. June hogs down a dollar fifty-seven at one seventeen seventeen. Class three milk was higher. April milk up three cents, twenty-four thirty a hundredweight. May milk up twenty-nine at twenty-four forty-six. The cotton market lower on Thursday, a poor weekly export sales report Thursday morning, as well as a stronger U.S. dollar weighing on the cotton market. That export sales report showed net sales of 50,500 running bales of cotton. That's a marketing year low and down 15% from the previous week and 70% lower than the four-week average. May cotton dropped 180 points on that news at 138.59. October down 136 points, 126.74, while December cotton was down 84 at 120.18. The corn market lower on improved prospects for planting in the Midwest this coming week. May corn dropped 16 and a half, 7.99 and a quarter. New crop September corn down 10 and a half. 755 and a half. We mentioned that export sales report that pushed the cotton market lower. Well, it did the same thing to the wheat market. A very dismal 1 million bushels of old crop wheat sold last week. That's a marketing year low. Total wheat commitments remain 24% versus a year ago. We close with July Kansas City wheat down 26 cents, 11.43 and a half. July Chicago wheat down 21 at 1076 and a half. In the energy markets, May natural gas was down 2 cents, 691. June crude oil up a dollar 27, 103.46 a barrel. The financial markets lower Thursday afternoon, the Dow down 378 points, 34,784. The Nasdaq down 282 points at 13,170. The S&P dropped 66 4,392. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. My name's Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state on the planet, Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, 
check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.